Hi, I'm Greg Murphy, you're listening to V8 Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. FPR is go. Yeah, we're, we're coming on really well. Jamie can't wait to get into his new ride. It's been a, a slow start to the year, but this last week has, uh, has really, really ramped up hard. And the Gold Coast is super. They're going to run a swear jar for anyone that says the word indie. We look at all this and more today as the lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Taking the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Will Davison. Each week, find out what's going on in the world of V8 supercars with the V8 Insiders. FPR launched its new FG Racer last week with the first of their new Falcons finally on the floor. Tim Edwards says that there's still plenty of work ahead for the factory team. Particularly for us, you know, we're building sort of three cars simultaneously and typically for us in the past, you know, it's just been one new car per season. Um, so having to build three cars simultaneously has been a, a bit of a challenge, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, we're certainly grateful for that extra month, which has sort of allowed us to probably got a few more O's and crossed a few more T's. Edwards is not concerned about the lead time till the first race, saying their second car will be ready within two weeks for its first shakedown run. The, the second and third cars um, will be finished uh, at the end of next week, which is 27th, and we have a shakedown planned on the 3rd of March because with brand new cars, you're allowed a 20-lap shakedown um, before the official test. So there's a few other teams all with new cars as well. So Edwards doesn't believe that the new car will hinder his driver's chances of winning the championship. You know, there are some things that that we've hopefully improved in the car. So hopefully that will sort of improve the car um, from the outset anyway. So the, you know, what we might lose in not having an absolutely thorough understanding of the car, hopefully we'll get back by you know some of the improvements we've made elsewhere in the car. So you know, we're, we're certainly you know, optimistic that we'll be, you know, we'll be a regular top five competitor. And you know, if you can regularly be in the top five, invariably you'll get top threes and the occasional win. Jamie Winkup can't wait for his first drive of the new Vodafone car, but is it an FG? The team Vodafone Vant supercar is slightly lower, um, it's slightly lighter, and uh, the aero package is just as good as it was last year. So. Um, although we've got new cars, I've still got a fantastic team and I believe I, uh, I can still drive it just as quick. So, um, you know, hopefully we get the same result as last year. Triple Eight is looking to keep its advantage at the front of the field and Wing Cup is certain that the new car can do just that. Um, the guys in the workshop started on the 5th of January. We're building five brand new race cars for this year. Um, and, of course, with the exciting changes with fuel stops, 
um, and an option tyre, um, we've had to do you know, a lot of changing, a lot of strategy work as well. So things are full steam ahead, um, and it's very lucky that we start a few weeks later this year um, at the Kutzer 500, which is late March, which is only you know, just under a month away. Well, Wing Cup is not expecting to take his new ride out for a drive very soon. In fact, it looks like the official test day might be his first run. My car will be ready probably on the 10th of March, and uh, we'll shake it down and test it on the 11th. Well, as you heard, Jamie Wincup is not calling his new car an FG. So what does Tim Edwards think of Triple Eight not calling their cars Falcons? There is only one homologated Ford Falcon, and that's the same for us and the same as Triple Eight. Now, one might not have a Ford banner on the windscreen, but it's absolutely no different. It's still a... You know, our championship, and it's pretty specific in the regulations, is a Holden Commodore versus a Ford Falcon. Now, just because some people might have their nose out of joint because they don't have an actual uh, Ford banner on the windscreen, it's still a Ford versus Holden. The Gold Coast round of the championship now has a new title. Greg Hooten, the event CEO, told the V8 Insiders the name is a real reflection on the event. And uh, in choosing the name Super GP, we were... We were about trying to get a name that reflected both the major categories racing there now, so both um, V8 supercars and uh, A1GP, because you know, we have made the changes and uh, we needed to reflect that in the name. Hooten believes that the new card of V8 supercars and A1GP will fit better into the Queensland tourism campaign. The response that we've had back through our website and also from uh, corporates in general is that um, they're more than pleased with the change because... They feel that it adds now a real international flavour to the event. Um, you know, nothing against the guys from North America, but it really was North American focused. Um, and the other exciting aspect is the fact is that it's um, country versus country. So, you know, the Team Australia is still there and, and, and will be as popular as ever. So all that is part of a mix and you add it to what is already one of the best street races in the world. It just leads to an exciting time. For Jamie Winkup, getting the new name right is the top priority. Yeah, well, Indy's been around for a long time, so it's going to be tough, as you say, to, to convert. But uh, no, it's a, it's a Super GP. Um, it's a great name because it's a mix of uh, V8 supercars and the A1 GP. So they're, they're actually going, they're going to run a swear jar for anyone that says the word Indy over the event uh, has to donate ten bucks to the swear jar. One other major change for the V8 supercars at the Super GP race will be they now get the main pit lane which was formerly used by the Indy slash Champ cars that will allow them to carry out their pit stops and tyre stops and also keep the act that will allow them to complete their pit and tyre stops in safety. With more rain hitting the Townsville area this week, it places further pressure on the construction efforts of the 400 track. Tony Cochran telling Big Pond Sports that if the weather was to cause more than two weeks' delay, the event could be in serious trouble. Well, on Wednesday, there was some great news for Townsville fans and V8 Supercars Australia, with the Infrastructure Minister, Tony Albanese, announcing the Federal Department of Infrastructure is commencing to negotiate the funding agreement with the Queensland State Government as quickly as possible so funding can be released for the work on the Reed Park circuit. The $10 million funding will contribute to the construction of the major infrastructure to host the annual Townsville 400. The works include the multi-purpose pit lane facility in Reed Park, 
the motor racing circuit, landscaping and other civil works, a new bridge over Ross Creek, three temporary pedestrian bridges and fencing and other temporary race infrastructure. Last week we heard that the Big Pond truck was on its way to Victoria. It appears that a last-minute call to Narang had the truck pulling back into its bay, with emergency services thanking V8 Supercars for their speedy action, but they would not need the media centre after all. Another offer for the Victorian bushfire appeal has been made by Holden Special Vehicles and the Toll Holden Racing Team. With an auction to support the appeal, the highest bidder will receive the fender from HSV's W427, which had a spectacular crash into the wall of tyres at Oran Park late last year. The prize also includes a hot lap with HRT in the HRT ridecars and lunch with Garth Tander at the company's Clayton headquarters. The auction has a reserve of $1,000 with the last bids due by 4.25pm on Friday the 27th of February. For further details and to place a bid, visit www.hsv.com.au or www.hrt.com.au. Well, Jamie Winkup was one of the first drivers to put his hand up to support the emergency effort. He told the V8 Insiders that it was the least he could do. Tim Edwards of FPR doesn't think we've seen the worst of the economic troubles, but the V8 supercars are in a strong position heading into 2009. Quickly in other news, Nissan has confirmed that they will supply a new pace car for the V8 series. It will be the R35 GTR. Kelly Racing is set to unveil their new operation on the 27th of February, with the fourth driver still yet to be named. And Jim Beam Racing will also launch their new cars on March 9 at Dreamworld. Marcus Ambrose made his Daytona Sprint Cup debut last Monday morning, finishing 17th in the rain-shortened event. Ambrose was thrilled with the result. Yeah, I'll take it. Um, you know, the rain, the, the rain really shortened the race by about 49 laps or so, so we were just starting to really get up there in amongst it all, but I'll take 17th, first time here. Um, a good points day for us. Uh, you know, I could have gone forwards if the race had gone all the way to the end, but I could well have gone backwards too. It was getting pretty intense out there, so, you know, we're, we're satisfied with 17th, but... You know, I would have liked more. Ambrose also spoke about the intensity of the Great American Race. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was guaranteed there was going to be lots of accidents and the rain threw another factor to it because, you know, we normally the guys will wait till 20 or 30 to go before they get crazy out there. But, you know, with the rain coming, no one knew when the rain was going to fall. So, you know, the last sort of 80, 90 laps were, were pretty fast-paced and, and intense. But, you know, that's what this race is all about. It was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. Um, I've got plenty more to learn, I think just uh, watching how committed some of those guys are out there. But um, I had a blast and look forward to coming back next time. The result gives Ambrose a solid points haul, which will be critical once the season starts to pick up momentum. Well, we hope so. We've got to wait till the fifth race to see how it all shakes out. But that's a big step in the right direction. Some of our competitors that we're going to race against, um, four points, had a bad day. So it gives us a little bit of breathing space. Um, it's not a guarantee yet, but it definitely helps us a lot. From the at least someone is listening to me file... While Channel 7 has not rushed to my mate Tony D'Alberto a corpse on City Homicide campaign, NASCAR star Jeff Burton is going to star in long-running US soap opera General Hospital. Burton will play himself with the episodes to be aired in mid-March in the US. Later in the show we hear from Jamie Winkup. Next week we'll hear from Greg Hooten from the Super GP. 
But next, it's Briar Gunther and Luke West joining us on the V8 Insiders. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, it's Jason Bogwan, and each week you'll find out what's going on in the world of V8 Supercars with V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. This week, joining us for the first time in 2009, none other than the voice of the Fujitsu series. Yes, it's Mark Taylor's mate, Luke West. Good evening, Hello. Luke. Hello, Craig. Hello, Brian. Hi, Luke. How are you going? And preempting my fancy introduction of Big Pond Sports V8 journalist, guru, Briar Gunther. How are you, Briar? Yeah, good, Craig. How are you? Not too bad. It has been uh, an interesting week, to say the least, when we see what's been going on in V8 supercars, and I reckon the worst paint job of the year, Briar, has been unveiled last week down in Melbourne town when the show car for Stephen Richards was unveiled. It yeah. was awful, in my opinion. What about you, Briar? Oh, I have to share that opinion. Um, yeah, it, it was pretty amazing that um, one of the teams from the top end of town could put out a, a bit of a paint scheme like that. Uh, funnily enough, it's the same as, as what Frosty's is in terms of design, but it's got a few extra colours added, and I just don't think it works. It, it sort of looks like someone set the, uh, the paint machine to, to vomit when, um, when they design that. So, yeah, if I was... Um, if I was Steve, I'd probably be a little bit um, upset <laughs> at having to drive that this year. It just looks a bit wrong. Frosty's looks great, but, um, yeah, just too many colours on um, on Richo's car. Well, Luke, do you share that opinion of the paint job for Richo? Yeah, it looks pretty crook. I don't mind the number five Orcon car of Frosty Boy. That looks pretty good, but I think the Castrol car is a bit of a shocker. Mind you, I don't envy the graphic designer with uh, having to work with firstly the Castrol logo which has red writing that there's the you know the corporate marketing branding rules with using that mean that has to be red writing on a white background so on the bonnet there immediately they're on the back foot and then thrown into the mix is the green color and the gold of the edge so you automatically got a lot of barriers there that you have to hurdle try and get that car looking half decent throw in the necessity of ford blue in there and well you got the yellow of um west track cat and i do not envy the graphic designer but uh, one way or another geez i reckon they've got to come up with a better way of presenting those cars they're the factory cars if it wasn't like surely they don't have to have the falcon in the same position on both team cars surely they could have done something because it's really the position of the falcon and the in the merge that i don't like it, it works on frosty's car because uh blue yellow white to mix in all right but like you said <laughs> you, you're working with some uh, you're working with some uncomplimentary colors i think would be the uh paris fashion week term yeah but it never used to be like that before castrol got in big time with fpr 
we I actually saw a photo of Craig Lowndes. I think it was the second year of FPR's existence when it was all cat. So it was white, black and yellow. And it looked a treat. And it's just a shame that the factory team don't have a really strong brand to put out there with the punters. And I think that's holding them back a little bit. When you look at their opposition and HRT, have always been able to present uh, a red machine uh, and it's tied in nicely with their merchandise and the merchandise that the punters want to wear. And sadly for FPR, they're never going to attain the same following while they've got these compromises. You know, it might sound trivial, but such things are important to people. That is true. And uh, Briar already uh, HRT using the brand new asset into their team. And of course, uh, Renee looking great in all the Holden merchandising ads. Um, yeah, I can't say I've actually seen one yet, but um, yeah, their merchandise looks pretty snazzy. It'll be interesting to see what the um, the FPR stuff looks looks like, at least with um, with the retro stuff if they put out some for him. But um, I was going to say, I don't think the Falcon is in the wrong spot. To me, that's not the issue. It's just, I guess, having to have this whole you know blue car because they're sponsored by Ford. Um, it's just been a bit of a problem because I mean, like really, they could have kept the same design as Frosty's, but had the background white. Mm. All right, now, getting off the colours, the cars themselves, what do we think about the FG? Can it come out of the box and be a race winner, Luke? In the era of Project Blueprint, well, the answer, simple answer, is yes. All the rules, all the technical requirements are that that car comes out and starts winning races. It's a matter of, is it as quite as many as the Holden VE, so I don't think we'll see too many problems there. So, uh, not like in the days of the old unloved AU, so I reckon that shouldn't be a drama, so we'll see the FG winning pretty early. Do you share Luke's confidence, Briar? No. (laughs) I think it's going to take a couple of rounds, Um, and even, actually, we had a story on the website just recently with Steve Richards, who, he was actually the first to come out and say, look, I think it will take a couple of rounds. You know, everyone else has been out of the box but it is the new aero um, package and I think it will take a little bit of time um, they haven't been able to, to test the FG and they won't be able to do so until March the 9th which is um, the very first test day for the FG so like they've done a few laps um, obviously they did at Sandow last year and then um, Richard also did a few around Calder for, um, for a magazine so they haven't had much time to test it and I think it will take a couple of rounds for them to, to really get it to its full potential. Luke, I was interested in a comment that uh, I had, well, a conversation I had with uh, Jamie Wincup, and it was talking about what he's allowed to call his car this year, and he's, yes, the Team Vodafone supercar, 888 supercar, is uh, is going to be a rocket ship. He gets the car. He said, I've got a test on the 11th of March, and I'll have the car ready on the tenth he's he's getting absolutely no time to get this one ready no but look triple eight are on top of their game aren't they even though they've got to build eight new cars over the early part of the season i hark back to the launch of the ve two years ago came out okay it may have had a couple of extra test days a couple more test days than the fg but came out won the first round in adelaide so there wasn't too much wrong with it 
quick off the bat there, so I don't envisage there'll be too much of a drama, but isn't that the beauty of motorsport? There's always so many ifs, buts and maybes at the beginning of the season. Mm. And plenty to talk about because uh, in the eyes of uh, in the eyes of certainly one manufacturer of V8 supercars there's three out there competing on the track and i'm just wondering if we can have a uh, Indy 500 start at the manufacturers championship because uh, it'd be interesting to see them lined up 3 by 3 yeah i guess it will be won't it so Another element into the mix for the year, of course, uh, Team Vodafone losing their backing from Ford, still have a parts deal and get other bits and pieces, so so they're hurting a little bit, quite obviously, with uh, the specific names that the drivers have to call the cars, but anyway, that's all part of the racing game, big business, isn't it? At Big Pond, are you under instructions prior to call the 888 car the eight car, or are you going to be calling it a Ford FG? Uh, look, we've sort of had a, a little bit of a discussion and, I mean, it's got Falcon panels, so at this point in time it's going to be called a Falcon. It is a, well, it is an interesting one that is going to develop throughout the year. One thing we need to do is take a break and we'll be back with more of the V8 Insiders right after this. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Jamie Winkup. Each week, find out what's going on in the world of V8 Supercars with the V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders from Big Pond Sport. It's Briar Gunther and from V8X Magazine Auto Action or the voice of the Fujitsu series, Luke West. You've got a few, uh, you've got a few little badges on the shirt there and I haven't even mentioned Formula Ford or any of the other associate series that you like to uh, dip your finger into. Now, I live a bits and pieces existence as a freelance journalist, so throw Fox Sports News in there. I better give those guys a, a plug too, and a couple of other bits and pieces out there. So yeah, it's uh, makes life interesting trying to put together a full full wage. Mm. Now, one thing that was interesting is Tuesday's announcement of the Super GP, and you have to wonder what the guys in Melbourne were thinking when they heard that name get launched, because uh, Melbourne is normally very protective of those two letters, G and P. Briar? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, no, look, in Victoria, I mean, obviously you've got the, the Melbourne Grand Prix, so... Yeah, I mean, but obviously it, it's a bit of a merger of the two names, the Supercars, A1GP, so I guess it makes sense, but it doesn't mean everyone has to like it. Um, I don't like it. I think it's just a bit silly. <laughs> so apparently there was a competition or something. Is that right? I think I read a little while back that, um, that uh, this was from the Queensland government. They were going to run a competition to name it. So, you know, I don't know what other entries they got, if that was the most creative they'd come up with. I, yeah, think... I think it's got to the point, sorry to talk over you there, Craig, that any use of the word super, well, I think it's probably overused uh, in sport generally. I know it's worked really well for V8 supercars in the general community, but that's now we're, what, 12 or 13 years into, seasons into using it, so it's an established brand. 
at how many people are going to be calling an indie for the next 10 years, particularly those people that don't follow car racing and go for the party. Um, I just reckon that it's going to take ages, particularly with a new name that's not that distinctive. I don't mind the name, but it's not... Super GP is not as distinctive as Indy, and so it's going to take a long time to break down old habits. Mm. And really, I, I would have thought they would have tried to incorporate Gold Coast because that is one of the selling points, not only in Australia, but uh, internationally. You know, tourism, Gold Coast tourism is very, very effective and uh, it's well known. You would have thought they would have tried to get Gold Coast in, but Super GP is the new name of the uh, Gold Coast event. And, uh, oh, look, cool and get a gold. Remember the old oh. Iron Man movie? With, oh, I can't remember who was in it, Greg. Kenny would have been in it. I know we don't actually race at Cool and Gather, but what about Surface Paradise Gold or something like that? I don't know. Yeah, so you're freelancing for, for the Forex Gold Angels, are you as well, Luke? Uh, with the uh, <laughs> with the gold, the super oh, gold. Could be. Oh, <laughs> I just might be. You never know. And who would uh, knock back that job anyway? Well, that's the truth here. Is uh, well, Brian, I think. One of the other things that we're going to be looking forward to this year, and it's we've seen not only a name switch at the Gold Coast, but we've seen a driver change in the Gold Coast, which has got, uh, of course, Will Davison down in Melbourne now for HRT, and James Courtney making the move over to the Jim Beam Racing uh, team. And I, I, I like that, I guess with Ford out the way now, Jim Beam Racing is able to uh, really crank up its marketing in the uh, Jim Beam product because uh, they've got their launch, what is it, next week for the team, which goes with the, goal, the girlfriend and the night out and all those sorts of uh, advertising campaigns that they are running currently on the television and uh, through other media sources. Yep, that's right, yeah. I guess that, well, yeah, what you said is, is true, that they will be able to ramp up the uh, the sponsorship and advertising, I guess, and, and marketing as well. So, um, yeah, I guess interesting times ahead for, for this team, new cars, new driver. Should be very interesting. But the question is, who got the better deal? Personally, I think it was Will Davison over James Courtney. I'm asking you which team got the better deal, not which driver. Which team? I would still have to say Holden Racing Team. What about you, Luke? Do you think Mm. uh, the better driver is Courtney or Davison? I'd have to say at this point in time, Will Davison. But the whole James Courtney situation absolutely fascinates me. He's a bloke to date who hasn't posted results that have matched the hype or certainly the PR effort that's gone in. And this year moves to a new team that will have Triple H chassis. And uh, so there won't be too many excuses. They're well-funded. So the whole situation with Courtney and Stephen Johnson, to see how those two guys compare is interesting. To see if James Courtney can really uh, assert himself now. He's uh, second on the list of drivers in the 50-year history of the Australian Touring Cup on the most podiums without a win list. So I know he's had a race win, but one race win in three years or whatever it is ain't that impressive. So uh, I just wonder what he can do this year 
at DJR. It is going to be a interesting, an interesting matchup and an interesting period for James Courtney because I would suggest to you that uh, us in the media, by about the fourth race are going to be uh, sharpening the knives, Briar, don't you? I I can see there's a bit of bloodlust out there for Pretty Boy. Yeah, I think there is. And um, and as Luke, you know, touched on it, it's because of the hype. There was a lot of hype when he entered the sport, um, you know, um, from overseas, et cetera, et cetera, um, lots of money. Um, I mean, not so much back then, but even more so now that there's that rumour of, you know, all that money that he's now earning at Dick Johnson. So, um, yeah, I think there will be... Um, a bit of a sharpening of the knives, especially if he doesn't perform at the start of the year. Yeah. And, of course, when we think back, uh, Luke, uh, it is a while ago now, but Courtney had been the endurance driver for HRT. HRT thought that they had an agreement with him that he would go to that team if he was going to come back to Australia, and then he, he bobbed up over there at Stone Brothers, which uh, was another little little um what is it little uh tasty little treat that uh, everyone got to enjoy over the years <laughs> that's right and then lo and behold the uh, jim morton's operation whatever that was going to be called in 2009 thought they had james pretty much over the line and deals wrapped up with him apparently and then uh he ended up going signing with djr so yeah so there's two Two operations are a bit disgruntled with him, thinking they had him over the line, but that's big business. I'm sure uh, teams have done the wrong thing by drivers over the years. I'm not saying those teams have, but uh, you know, you've got to sign people up, get that signature on the bottom line. It doesn't matter what you're negotiating. got to get them there and hook them, get them on the line and into the boat. We all know that that contract is gold. Guys, one other big change, and it's a controversial one as well, um, Bargs for Jason Richards. Now, Jason is going to end up back uh, in the, on the racetrack at Team BOC. So he's moving from sprint gas racing equipment to virtually HRT equipment at uh, the WOW racing car. I'm sorry, no, at the BOC Gases racing car for uh, Kim Jones. Who got the better deal there, do you think? I'll go to Luke first up. Oh, I think it's uh, Jason Richards has got the better deal. I mean, he he wouldn't have moved. Remember, he had a, a job, and he was very much the lead driver in terms of results at Sprint Gas Racing. He was the one, I understand, that decided he wanted to go to Brad Jones Racing, whereas Jason Barguana wasn't employed, so he was very much on the back foot opportunity came up and I can understand Tasman snapped up the Bathurst winner a race winner and a big personality but it was Jason Richards that went from a position of strength so i.e. having a role in the game to uh, what he thinks is a better position and I'll have to back his judgement on that Mm, Now Briar I have to realise that uh, being at Big Pond Sport and Jason Barguana being a a Big Pond Sport product as well uh, I don't want to put you in any conflict of interest position here. So we will state that both of you are Big Pond Sport employees. Oh, yeah, it doesn't mean I'm going to say he's got the better deal, though. <laughs> no, I think, um, I have to be honest with say, I think Jason did. He got the better deal. I mean, um, the Sprint Gas, 
uh, sprint gas cars still aren't up to uh, quite up to speed yet, uh, whereas Tim, you know, Bok, as I call them, are using um, the walk-and-tour cars. So, I mean, just based on that, and, you know, they're one of the four teams to, you know, receive that Holden support to a, a larger extent compared to the, some of the other teams. So, just based on those, um, you know, I think Jason got a better deal. All right. Well, whilst we're looking at some of the other drivers who might be winners or losers this year, we'll do that during the break and then be back with more on the V8 Insiders. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Stay tuned for more. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Luke Weston, Brian Gunther here with Craig Ravel. And guys, I have been asking everyone who's joined me over the last few weeks about what they think we'll all see in season 2009. And I think I'm going to ask you, what's the hopes and dreams that you guys have for this season where do you think you want to see the uh where where do you want to see v8 supercars at december come grand final time in homebush do you want all three at once or do you want to we take it in turns oh yeah well let's mix it up a bit so luke uh, since you interrupted there i can go first <laughs> enough <laughs> like being at school oh well Probably top of my list is to see some more exciting racing, um, but not contracting. So that's, there's, you know, two differences there. Um, but yeah, definitely want to see, you know, more action, um, more rubbing, um, just more of that excitement rather than the processional racing. Um, but the thing is, like, some of these changes, like where you qualify on um, the Saturday and, and that determines your grid position for both races. Um, I'm not sure if, if that's really the right track that V8 Supercars is heading down, um, just based on the fact that, um, I mean, sure, it might encourage people to, to keep travelling through the pack a bit more, but in, in another respect it might not. So um, I'm not sure if it's really going to do its job of, of actually um, having a lot more competitive racing, um, which it was designed to do. If there's one rule that I heard about, that was the one, Luke, that I hated the most. One qualifying session, two race starts from it. To me, it's uh, absolutely ridiculous. But is that on your list? No, I feel it's like, not. Uh, but I'll I look feel like Andrew I'll... O'Keefe, except I'm not in a gutter. Is that on your list? <laughs> it's on the list. No, uh, oh, you didn't say what you said just at the end there. I better move on quickly before anyone picks that up. Anyway, I'll just quickly comment on that. I don't mind the idea. I think it's worth trying for the year, see how it goes. That's the one qualifying session. It certainly puts more emphasis, even more emphasis on qualifying. And uh, I'm quite happy to see how it goes. And look, it should. I'm sure the whole idea behind it is to 
so guys have a bit of a go. We've always seen a processional Saturday race uh, or race one because people don't want to ruin their whole weekend by having a go, falling off the road and then going to the back of the field and then, you know, making it hard for themselves over the course of the year. So the whole idea is for people to have a go. If it doesn't come off, then, well, they can start up the front. I reckon it's worth a shot. I know it goes against the traditions of motorsport and we may see why that's been the case and it may be a flop, but I reckon I'm going to see uh, quite happy, open-minded to see how it goes over the course of the year. Now, on to my first thing. Well, that's Homebush. You said in your intro, once we get to the grand final, what do I hope for? Well, it's at that grand final. That Homebush race, street race in Sydney, is so important for the development of the sport and for the sport to take the next step. It has to crack the Sydney market. And uh, I only actually was out and about today and I drove home through that area, through Homebush, went up Dawn Fraser Avenue or whatever it's called, and I thought, gee, this is lovely and wide, this road. Won't that promote good racing? So that's my hope, that we have a really successful Homebush street race. Mm, funny, I drove around State Circle in Canberra the other You've got to be kidding. You put a racetrack here, Scafie? <laughs> That's right. Well, you could summarise Homebush and the importance and whether it's a success by just saying, will it be a Canberra or will it be an Adelaide? If it's an Adelaide, it will be massive for the sport. Uh, if it's three quarters as good as Adelaide, it'd still be really good for the sport. So I'm confident that it will be. I'm fingers crossed. Mm. Number two, Briar. I hope that V8 Supercars, um, as an organisation, has a bit more stability come December um, and that the sport feels a bit more um, comfortable in its skin. Um, and by that, I mean um, lately and with the announcements of the new changes, of course, there's been some massive, massive um, developments and, and changes in the sport. Um, I mean, you've had, you know, the new CEO come on board, of course, um, Cameron Levick, and there's all these different rule changes, introduction of the soft tyre, soft compound tyre, um, a whole bunch of other things. The point system's been changed yet again, um, and by December, I'd like to see, um, you know, the, the administration... Um, really sort of going, okay, well, what worked? Um, you know, what do we need to leave as is? Because changing it around too much is just going to keep confusing people. And, and you know, a lot of people don't like a lot of change. So I think that there needs to be some stability in that respect. Um, and also for V8 Supercars to understand that there just doesn't have to be a blueprint for every single track. So, like, you know, with this talk of the qualifying, um, the qualifying which determines both races well why can't we do that for a few rounds but for some other rounds you know change your format up a bit same as reverse grid why not have a couple of reverse grid races throughout the year not all the rounds but you know just a few to chop it up a bit make it a bit different um and add a bit more spice and, and interest to the mm. without confusing it though without confusing punters yeah reverse grid race at winton simmons plains and probably well why not go for queensland raceway as well got to do something with Queensland Raceway, even though it is one of my favourite tracks on the circuit. It was any of those on your list, Luke? No, they weren't. All interesting points there. Uh, yeah, I can't disagree with Briar on that one. Number two on my list is, well, surprise, surprise, since I've trotted out Homebush, is Townsville. Same things apply. Going to a new market, 
new area and given the early ticket sales there, it would suggest that that event will be well received in the city of Townsville. So that's another step forward there for the sport, I would hope. And rain falling there in the last 24 hours and uh, without making light of, of the uh, floods up in that area, the Kelly Rainer team is looking pretty good there because they're the only ones that have also got a jet boat program. <coughs> that's right. It is a worry, isn't it? It is. An exceptionally wet season, even though they're used to wet seasons there this time of the year. Mm. Briar, was that on your list? It, it was, but I was going to make it a bit more light and fluffy and say that I hope it goes ahead because um, the latest news out of the area is that because of all these floods, um, while they are still on track, if they have um, another big one, then that could spell the end of Townsville in July. So, um, you know, I, I really hope, and as Luke said, you know, there's been a, a massive amount of pre-sale tickets. Um, you know, they get bucker all sporting events up there, up that end of um, Australia. It, they need this event more than ever, and, you know, I just desperately hope that it goes ahead. Mm. And then, of course, becomes a success. But, yeah, first of all, that actually does go ahead. All right. Uh, so that was number three on your list, and we know it was on Luke's list. So, Luke, what's number three on your list? Number three with a bullet is uh, that a new man steps forward as the new Lion King. So uh, what I mean by that is that First it was Norm Beachy, 40-odd years ago. Then it was Peter Brock, or, or eons, wasn't it, really? Then Mark Scaife took over as the Holden hero to uh, all the Red Punters, the Red Army. So now Scaifey's uh, hung up his hat. Who is going to step forward as, uh, I guess, the figurehead for Holden's motorsport campaign and be the object of affection for uh, the vast hordes of, of the General's faithful? And uh, I suspect if Will Davison, being a good-looking boy and, uh, you know, being successful in his previous life at Dick Johnson Racing, if he can get a couple of early wins on the board or a couple of round wins this year, that the mob will uh, really gravitate towards him because uh, I don't think I've seen a lot of evidence of that with Garth Tander. That's, that's no real criticism of Garth. I just think that there's certain people in sport and in life in general that are, uh, you know, have a bit of fan worship towards him. I, I see Garth as a regular type of guy, but I don't see him as someone that is uh, really going to get that fan worship. Nor do I see Garth as someone that really enjoys the people's side and, and hanging out with the punters, or not hanging out with the punters, but signing autographs early in the morning up until... Uh, goes and does his first corporate job of the day and then at the end of the day so like Lowndes did, like Scaife did and Scaife was pretty good at that although he probably didn't have quite the fan worship that uh, Lowndes and Scaife had and uh, I just wonder there's a position for someone to step up and Will Davison is the man most likely I'm sorry Briar but I've got to do this to Luke do we measure Holden Hero status as number of breasts with autograph tattooed on? <laughs> you do at top of the mountain. I was actually uh, flicking through some photos the other day and there was uh, Alan Grice uh, signing a very large, uh, well, I guess it would be something like a D-cup uh, on top of the mountain. <laughs> so not a wholesome lad, lass by any stretch of the imagination, but it's all part of the job up at Bathurst. Well, Luke, it's uh, underbelly or not, I think we will get to enjoy 
with both you and Briar on the case, seeing that seedy underbelly exposed in uh, your various publications. Thanks very much for your time this evening. Thank you, Mr Big. Our white flag lap this week is Jamie Winkup talking about his season and Super GP. That's right, it's Super GP. But just count how many times IndyCar gets a mention. We'll be back with more on the V8 Insiders in just a moment. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Well, Jamie Wincup, the defending V8 Supercar champion, and I guess you might not have realised all the promotional work you would have to be doing once you became the series champion out there at the Super GP launch this week. Yeah, hey, it's it's ramped up this year without doubt. I've I've got uh, very very honourable team and personal sponsors, uh, but uh, I do a lot of work for the category now, which is which is good. I'm I'm excited about it, and as you say, today. We, uh, Indy is now called the Super GP, uh, a lot more emphasis on uh, V8 supercars and we get um, predominant spot in pit lane, which is really exciting. How much of a difference is that going to make for the V8 supercar series? Um, for the series, it's not going to be a huge difference, but of course the event itself is going to be, it's going to be more emphasis on, on us as V8 supercar uh, as, as a V8 supercar category. Um, you know, it's a fantastic event. I, I just love Indy. And, uh, and love what it has to offer. So now that uh, now that they've organised that uh, V8 Supercars and the A1 GP now are coming, um, it just secures the, the event. And um, you know, we're, I'm, I'm as patriotic as anyone. Uh, I love uh, love fast cars. I, I love uh, I love a good party, and that's exactly what Indy has to offer. And that's twice now you've said Indy. How long do you reckon it's going to take to get into the lexicon, the Super GP? Uh, how long, in, in which way do you mean? How well, long are you going to... Yeah, until you start calling it the Super GP or the GP at the Gold Coast, because right throughout this conversation, we keep saying Indy. Yeah, well, Indy's been around for a long time, so it's going to be tough, as you say, to, to convert. But uh, no, it's a, it's a Super GP. Um, it's a great name, because it's a mix of uh, V8 supercars and the A1 GP, so um, it's come up with a fantastic name, and uh, yeah, hey, it'll, it'll take a few years to stick, but uh, we'll do our best. They're, they're actually going to gonna run a swear jar for anyone that says the word Indy over the event uh, has to donate 10 bucks for the swear jar. Well, I certainly hope that uh, we all can get on board the uh, Super GP title quickly then, otherwise it'll be a, a very expensive weekend. <laughs> yeah, I think the jar will be nice and full pretty early. <laughs> now, Jamie, how have you found the uh, time since mid-December when you became the champion? Too, as we lead up into the first official practice session where you'll be wearing that number one on your car? Well, it's, as I say, it's been a, a slow start to the year, but this last week has, uh, has really, really ramped up hard. Um, the guys in the workshop started on the 5th of January. We're building five brand-new race cars for this year. Um, and, of course, with the exciting changes with fuel stops um, and an option tyre, um, we've had to do you know, a lot of changing, a lot of strategy work as well. So things are full steam ahead, um, and it's very lucky that we start a few weeks later this year 
um, at the Cooks for 500, which is late March, which is only you know just under a month away. What about these new cars? Um, I don't know if you're allowed to call them an FG, but uh, what do you think of what you're seeing on the jigs at the moment? Um, very, very good. Um, the the team Vodafone Vant supercar is, is slightly lower. Um, it's slightly lighter, and uh, the aero package is just as good as it was last year. So um, although we've got new cars, I've still got a fantastic team, and I believe I, uh, I can still drive it just as quick. So... Um, you know, hopefully we get the same result as last year. And how soon till the rollers are going to be uh, ready for you to uh, start crunching gears? Uh, we've got a compulsory test day on the 11th of March, which uh, every V8 supercar team will uh, will go out and either compete around Queensland Raceway or Winton for the Victorian teams. Um, so my car will be ready probably on the 10th of March and uh, we'll shake it down and test it on the 11th. Sounds like it's all coming perfectly to plan. And finally, Jamie, I know a lot of uh, the fans that have been uh, talking to me were uh, uh, very happy to see the way Vet Supercars have reached out to the flood victims and the, the bushfire appeal. And I know you were one of the first people, first drivers, in fact, to come out publicly and say you were going to um, do whatever you could. How, how have your efforts been, uh, been welcomed so far? Um, well... As, as, an, as an athlete and a sports person, um, it really is our obligation to uh, to support charities um, and to support you know events like the, the Townsville flooding um, and of course the Victorian bushfires. Um, motorsport surrounds itself with high-profile companies, and I've been really really proud of uh, of being being able to rally um, with the Vodafones and the Nokia's of the world to uh, to really support um, you know both both tragic events. Um, and of course, I'm really proud of Viet Supercar. They've got right behind it. Um, but you know, we're focusing on getting up to town to events uh, um, and to, to showing the people of, uh, of far north Queensland uh, who have been deprived of racing for, for, for a long time uh, just what all hype's about. Mm. And of course, uh, the funds coming from that compulsory test up in Queensland from gold coin donations are all going to the flood victims. Yeah, yeah, and that's just one initiative that. Uh, that uh, you know, V8 Supercar have put in place just to uh, just to support our friends uh, in far north Queensland. So um, you know, there's, there's plenty of schemes. We're doing the absolute most we can and um, going uh, beyond and above what uh, probably what's expected. Well, Jamie, all the very best, and once again, congratulations for the efforts of uh, your team in in that uh, in that enterprise. Because uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people that will be receiving it with thanks. Yeah, no worries. Thanks at all. And, I, you know, we just look forward to getting up and uh, saying hello to you guys very shortly. Jamie Winkup joining us there, the reigning V8 Supercar champion. My thanks also to Briar Gunther and Luke West as the checker flag waves over this edition of the V8 Insiders. Till next time, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.